Hello. Merlin. Hey. It's that time. Are you, are you ready to run? I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's do it. Well, I was born ready. We checked the records. <laughs> <laughs> what was that your battery again? This is a phone. iPhone. Oh. It's a salt shaker. Yeah, Where's the Buddha? Plus, Tap the Buddha. Let's see. Uh, here you go. Tap it. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Very uh, bassy. A lot of bass in the Buddha. Plastic cat. Is that Ooh, little uh, plastic cat, the waving cat, the one you find in the uh, Asian restaurants? Show who in the what now? Oh, the little, the little uh, good luck uh, kitty with the hand in the air. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's got a kind of national socialist thing to it, don't you think? I love it. Yeah. We've got a really, I guess I should photograph this for you, Dan Benjamin. We've got a... There's a, a, a Look at me, <laughs> I have a camera. I'm Merlin Man. I sing and dance and take photos. <laughs> don't get don't even mention photos. I just promised an hour free. Um <clears throat> now you know what? Not important. But there's a uh, Chinese restaurant I go to and um, Name. Is that racist? And we um uh, they got a Buddha in there for the good luck. And it's a Buddha. Every time I go in there, my daughter asks me about it. I tell her a little bit about the fat man. So the fat man is sitting there and he's golden, he's glistening. He's fat like hell, and he's sitting there in a fountain of fake gold coins, like plastic extruded, like something just pooped out this lucky Buddha thing. And like so many of the wonderful pieces, the wonderful water features in my neighborhood, it features a spinning glass ball propelled by water while Buddha sits in a coin fountain. I'm guessing that's good luck. Mm -hmm. You know? I mean, what else can you do to ruin the fat man at that point? Well, you know, know? there's there's two different... Buddha statues, the fat one and the skinny one. Yes, there's the more Indian. Is that racist? There's the one. There's the one that's the more authentic. He's got the pointy hat. I got that guy right here. I well, they're two. Here. They're two different. Oh, how how deep do you want to go into this? Um, is none an option? Okay, yeah. The, I got the, the, one with the, the fat one. Hat. I'll just say this: the fat one mm-hmm. is not the Buddha. He's an Buddha. He is. He is. He is an Buddha. He it's is like, like Hotai, the laughing Buddha. Oh yeah, I say like I say to my kid. No, that's one of the Easter Bunny's helpers. So he's right. one of the Buddhist helpers. He's like one of the uh, one of the uh, Dharma elves. Right. And most I saw, m- I saw those guys by the way at the Bayfront Center a few years did? ago, and they were. Are you kidding me, Dharma elves? <laughs> hmm. Uh, yep, I got the pointy one. He looks like he's been packing on some LBs. I think he's been uh, chowing down on some Bodhi Dharma tree. It's pronounced hmm. mana. Ah, wait a minute. Are you working OT with me? I have... Did you uh, some Old Testament on me? I was had to see the, the movie. It was on Saturday Saturday night. Well, this is with the, uh, with the commandments. Yeah. That's a long movie, right? Great movie, though. But it's still the standard Ten Commandments. They haven't done any amendments, right? Mm, I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just asking. It's been a long time. It seems like, uh, as with the Constitution, you know, first we had Prohibition, then we got rid of Prohibition. I'm just thinking... You know what? This is a different show. Uh, See, the we... Ten Commandments is my Wizard of Oz. Like most people look forward to the Wizard of Oz. They watch it every year. For watch, me, with your gay, watch with your gay friends. I don't know. Is that I, racist? That's I, racist, isn't it? I watch the Ten Commandments. I don't know about the, the wizard. I, you know, I love family traditions like that. I, I think that's, that's it, you know, we got rid of our cable. So we, you know, have to download an MKV, whatever that is, uh, to watch it. Is this recent that you did? Uh, we ha- I think we're, n- let me rephrase this. Go ahead. Because I don't want you uh, up in my grill. But uh, I'm not ready for the Wizard of Oz yet. Mm. Those goddamn monkeys haunted me really? for years. 
oh, oh, and their little like inflexible faces. I understand that's probably a constraint of the makeup <laughs> of the time, but they're a little like, I can't see the face I'm making, but just imagine like wearing a little hat and being horrified with the vest. That's oh. how I think of you anyway. I am. I sit here all day long with my plasticine monkey face. I saw those guys actually one time open for, uh, was it the Dharma Elves? It's a great band. I heard they're back in the studio. First album in 15 years. You're going to get the karma. I hate seeing the word karma on a bumper sticker. It just makes me angry. Huh. So, good week? Big week. Really big week. <laughs> Huge. How you doing? How you doing? You uh, you uh, uh, went into a little detail with uh, Money Boy on uh, Big City Apologies. That was pretty good. Uh, I'm, listen, I'm I'm sorry. I'm genuinely sorry if that offends you. I'm sorry. I don't. Now, you, go ahead. Go ahead, caller. Sorry, uh, first time burger. Now, do you have a good hood in your kitchen? Oh, we it's a really good hood. Okay. See, this is why we need to move to wherever you are, Florida, Austin. Austin yeah. <sighs> We might as well live like in a mud hut, like a poorly ventilated mud hut. I think it's just like sick building syndrome, mildew and Star Wars characters at this point. When we cook anything, we got to open everything. We got to unplug the smoke alarm. We open everything. If you I can bro- put a little plastic bag and a rubber band around the smoke alarm. You don't put that on your head at all. Because <laughs> she gets very sensitive to smoke and noise. Really? Yep. Yep. Um, so we open everything. And you know, you got me started on the coconut oil. And mm-hmm. so... No, I, I never look back. I never look back. I put down the coconut oil, and you know what I get finally? A sear. We get no, we got no British, British thermal units. Nothing, nothing. You can't get a sear in our house without coconut oil. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. So when you Sear make, like an all-knowing sear? Yeah, you know, like the place with the tough skins. Is that right? <laughs> Granimals? What's that place in the mall that doesn't matter anymore? Is that Sears? It's a Build-A-Bear workshop. Oh, you ever make one of those? I have received one as a gift. Well, my son has. I didn't. I received it on his behalf. Oh, I see, I see, I see. We made one. I was in Las Vegas for my daughter's first birthday. And uh, we went through Caesars and went and got her a Build-A-Bear because that's how we roll. She took her first steps at the Bellagio. <laughs> I was at Cirque du Soleil. I was at the Cirque du Soleil founder's house doing a talk. <laughs> of course never you were. Seen, Why not? never seen so much purple and flipping. Wow. Yeah, that was a good trip. You got to stay away from that blackjack unless you go basic strategy. I don't gamble. <sighs> Yeah, I know, I know. I'm sorry uh, if you think it's bad that I don't gamble. I, I, I'm genuinely sorry. <laughs> I, For people who don't listen to other shows or I'm follow me on Twitter, they have no idea what that means. Shame on you. Um, no so clue. burgers, your son likes it a little burned. Uh, when, yeah, he prefers a crispy, crispy burger that's inedible to most people. He, that's how he be. wants it. You know what I like? I like a steakhouse where they refuse to hook, cook it over medium. I like it when they say to you, it's prescriptive. Then you know what they say? This should get us into our topic. You know what? You should go somewhere else. We're not the kind of place that ruins good beef. You should go somewhere, get some junky beef, go over to Gravy Robbers, get something very dry, and you cook it all you want. You know what? You never have to stop cooking. You can still eat it while it's cooking. Nobody cares. <sighs> Brisket, really? Now, what kind of cut you like? I like a ribeye or a strip steak. What do you like? Ribeye. I love a ribeye. Love it. You get the marbling. You got to get that. You got to get the marbling. Yeah. I should click on the safe way. <sighs> How things been? I feel like I haven't talked to you in a while. Seems like it, it's been a really long time. I, and as I said in our exchange earlier, like I'm, I'm um, I, I like the time change. I like the Monday. I like all this. I love everything you're doing with all of the stuff you do with the thing. You've been working uh, out? You kidding me? I'm ripped. You press? I'm literally opening letters what with my press? gut right now. What do I press? Yeah. You mean on a bench? Yeah. Oh, all of them. Like how much? Like, what do you? How much? 
I don't, I don't need spotters. I don't need a bench. I can literally walk up anywhere and pick up almost anything as long as it weighs less than 11 pounds. I'm going to need a brace. My daughter's getting to the brace level. She's, 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 she's brace worthy at this point. She's so big. And like now a, leg, like a leg brace? I think she's got some kind of atrophy. She just doesn't want to walk. Oh, God, yesterday, Dan, yesterday. Oh, you know, I don't like to talk about religion. <laughs> yesterday, yesterday in the United States was Easter Sunday. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. I think it's also... Uh, it's, it's also Pesach, Pesach. Oh, sorry, is that racist? So we... Um, I said this on the internet yesterday, but <laughs> a giant basket of candy plus a, a Phineas and Ferb marathon, what could possibly go wrong? It was just, we did, I did everything wrong yesterday. It was all, I did everything wrong. You can't, I mean, do you, you don't, obviously you don't have a whole bunch of like Cadbury eggs sitting around, right? No, what we do is uh, we, my, my wife uh, did this this year, but we'll take the eggs and mm-hmm. then we'll put little prizes in them when we plastic, hide them around. Well, plastic ones or real eggs? Uh, the, the eggs are made of plastic. They're hollow and they pop open. And so you put things in them like Hot Wheels cars or stickers or that kind of thing. And you hide them. Uh, we hid them in our backyard. And uh, he got to go find them. This is the discussion that my wife and I had last night. That's what we're going to be doing next year. It's going like, to be like flaxseed and bookmarks. That sounds so there's, fun. There's, oh, it's going to be some joyless stuff. It's going to be toothbrushes and pennies. It's going to be like the worst Halloween ever inside of a plastic egg. Because seriously, the jelly bellies plus the chocolate money. And we were doling it out. But then you sit down and you watch Doofenshmirtz. I, I was full of beans after four hours. Man, and she's got a new favorite song. I told you this. Did I tell you this on the robot? The song? About the song, no. I think I said this on the robot. Yeah, 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 yeah. We were exchanging things. And it's, uh, my, my nemesis, she's learned how to play things on repeat. Who is your, wait, your nemesis? Uh, that song, My Nemesis. From, oh, that song. Uh, I thought you were talking about John. Yeah. Oh, Gruber? Syracuse. Oh, he's my fantasy nemesis. So we listened to... Uh, What's the difference? Didn't we talk about this? The difference nemesis between... Nemesis and enemy? Yeah, arch enemy and nemesis. One you want, the other you, you actually don't want. One's good, one's bad. I have a very, I have a very strong opinion on Let's that. Let's hear it. Really? Um, that, what, are you, what are you eating? Are you eating? I need a little steak. Let your battery... While you talk. Is that a ribeye? This is a ribeye. Is it leftover ribeye? Yeah. You want a picture? I'll send Medium you a picture. Rare? Send me a picture. Medium rare? Uh, well, it, it, we had to reheat it, so I, I cooked it a little bit, just a little bit beyond rare so that it would reheat well. Can I give you four syllables? 20%. Now, as a man, we were raised to only understand to use the microwave at 100% and to only use the oven at either broil or 350. Uh. I've discovered 20% and everything has changed. 20%, you can, you can get meat to room temperature. Okay. Before you cook it, twenty percent. Twenty percent is a total realignment. Mm. It's like uh, it's like uh, like slow cooking, slow eating. What do they call that? Is that racist? You should do it though. You get twenty percent. The problem is you put a steak in there. Right. You're making you're making like a costly marbled shoe. Is it good? Yeah. Do you see the picture I sent you? Was it, what, is it on my phone? Yeah, it'll my, be on I, your I, phone, waiting for my, you. My phone's on the other side of the room. I don't mm. keep my phone by. All right. I'll look at it later. Um, so let's hear your opinion on the nemesis and the the enemy thing. Because this leads right into the topic, I think. No, I don't know if it's a topic, but it could be the topic. Okay. I think, um, I think an enemy is somebody that you not only want to destroy, but an enemy is somebody you don't really even, you may not respect. 
right? Do you know what I mean? If you see oh, somebody yeah. as being like, uh, you know, uh, like racially inferior, or you see them as being, you know, uh, d- you know, damaging to your entire culture, right? And like, you know, the the classic kind of like, go to war. Yeah, you but go. Then, in other words, you go to war with your enemy. You go to war with your enemy. Yeah. You want scorched earth, my friend. You know what I'm saying? You want to you want to cause them a lot of problems, right? And so that's that's an enemy. And an enemy is somebody who you a word that I am trying so hard not to use because uh, these days because I, I it's a word I don't like. You hate that person, right? You hate them. In other words, you may even think they are to not not to go too Star Wars here. You might think they're evil. Evil to me being someone who does bad things, knows it's a bad thing, and then deliberately keeps doing it with the express purpose of harming people. And then, of course, lying to Anakin. Don't even get me started. Spoiler alert. But uh, then I think a nemesis can be different. They could be perceived as an enemy. But I think is a nemesis is somebody that you have respect, maybe grudging respect for, and who drives you to be better. Right? And so, obviously, Doofenshmirtz and Perry. Well, I mean, you know, I think Doofenshmirtz needs Perry to make him better. Yeah. Even though he never really gets better. He's tried it with other, you know, other nemesises, and it he, hasn't he worked he out. Peter the Pounder? <laughs> That's where the song is from. That's right. where my nemesis is from. <sighs> so, nemesis, enemy. I like these distinctions, Dan. It's not just a word guy thing. I think these are important. I have nemeses. I sometimes I, I, I don't acknowledge enemies and nemeses. Don't acknowledge them. You could go to lunch with a nemesis. Hmm. You could. Not you with could, an enemy, though. You could put stuff, you could put Visine in their drink. You never want to do that, by the way. You know about that? As some kind of a laxative? It's a poop thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. You're going to find out uh, what kind of day they've got before you do that. That's Actually, don't do that, kids. That's very, very dangerous. You only do that to an enemy. Never do that to a nemesis. And you can't get close enough to your uh, enemy's water, not if they've got a good defense. I don't really have a topic today. I've kind of got a topic today. It was one of the, you know. The better shows are the ones where you've done less planning. And I can tell when you've done the planning because on the one hand, you'll flip the, the cards. But I think you have the cards anyway. So that doesn't matter. I'll throw that away. But then well, congratulations a, on being wrong three times in twenty a, seconds. There's a point in the show, yes, where it will sound like you are uh, not reading, but stating something very definitively. And that's when I wondered: is this something he wrote, wrote down, or is it, does his mind just work this way? And I don't want to know. Okay, hang it's on. a mystery that I really appreciate. Hang on. <laughs> I could imagine you should switch to a big felt tip magic marker a real big one that's what i want you to write in instead of these little fancy points hang on just just a quick second okay go ahead thank you dan that was an interesting perspective <laughs> although candidly i think you might have mis- <laughs> should have a better word. misperceived misperceived is not even a word that's hang on, hang on, just, can i just another second mm-hmm. <clears throat> <laughs> well, <laughs> Let me start over. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Bulk bag. Um, that's a good point, Dan. Uh, well taken. People should be more advisable before making that kind of decision in their life. Can I tell you about something I like? Hold for, <laughs> for response. Right. Okay. Very good. Disagree completely. Disagree completely. I think it depends on what you want out of this show. I'm happy just to shuck and jive. <sighs> you know, I got nowhere else to be. I, I block out Monday, Monday, all day, Monday. The whole day. Whole day I'm here all day. I'm on standby. If I'm not talking to you, I'm on standby. If you need a second, a wingman, as they call it in audio, I'm here for you. Got some new soda stream chargers. Very happy. Yeah, I saw you were waiting outside the uh <laughs> thing in the mall. Yep. Yeah, I was <laughs> waiting for the Williams Sonoma to open. 
Yep. Listening to the Bay City Rollers, reading Newsweek. <laughs> Just being white. Yeah. Being super, super white. Williams-Sonoma, they can hear you coming. They hear that like clanging of somebody walking in with a very large <laughs> bag of metal canisters and all the ladies behind the counter they're just like because <sighs> now they got to pick up heavy stuff it's not you're coming going in there and you know like buying some mulling spices like they're gonna have to carry some serious metal traded in six i've also started tracking uh both my new carbonator um inserts mm-hmm. as well as when i make a bottle what so software do you use to track that using datum d-a-y-t-u-m and it has a, uh, <clears throat> you should see it. It's really, I, I don't think it's actively developed. The iPhone app is, you know, just non-functional. But the website for it's fine. And you can go in and say things like, you know, um, sleep hours colon eight. And it enters that in. And then you can tag any entry to make categories and then express it all as graphs. So it's actually, it's really cool and really fast and easy. I like it a lot. I pay for the pro account. Mm-hmm. But I'm pretty sure that I'm triple carbonating. Based on the trend line, I'm pretty sure that I might be triple carbonating. Because hmm. I'm going through the 60L, you know, in about 20 liters. Mm-hmm. I love beef. I don't have any cards. I had I, what I had today, what I had. Same as, same as, some of the same as last time. Did you like the Telephone Thursday episode? I thought that was good. Telephone Thursday. Telephone Thursday. I've gotten some nice responses about that. And uh, it doesn't seem like it would scale very well, Telephone Thursday. It's a start. I mean, the problem, uh, the Telephone Thursday, the, I, the concept being that <clears throat> even if you don't sort of force people to follow your schedule, that you have time you set aside on days or, in my case, a day of the week, but in your case, it might be times of the day, where you make it easy to gang certain kinds of tasks, in this case, you know, phone calls or meetings, and so that you can say to people, in my case, hey, are you available next Thursday or the Thursday after that? Or in somebody else's case, they might say, okay, I'm available pretty much any afternoon Eastern time. And the, the idea there is for you, selfishly, it gives you a way to gang all that stuff together. <clears throat> and for your, <clears throat> pardon me, I just, I just ate, uh, had eight, eight dim sum in about 40 seconds. Just before we got right up. before the show. Yeah, King Marco was wrapping up. I knew I had to gobble. Um, and then the other thing is, you know, the, the, I think what people who've responded to this are addressing is this problem of like, hey, what time should we do the thing with the thing? And then you never do it. And then it's hard to schedule. And having some decisiveness to when you offer that, it gives you a little bit of structure. I think people like that. I think it helps a lot. Even if you, you know, let's say, you know, some powerful person wants to talk to you and they go, are you available Sunday at 5, 5 a.m.? Like you can say yes or no. But now you at least have a starting point. You know, I think that's important. I think, I don't know if this is even a topic, but I mean, I think there's so much stuff. There's this long time ago, we talked about this. I want to call it black and white thinking, but I don't know if that's exactly the right term. You know, zero sum game. Like this is either hundred percent, this works or it's a complete failure. You know what I mean? So in this case, you know, and you, you run into this, I run into this with like teams at work where somebody can come up, say somebody's got a B plus idea to do something or potentially B plus idea if somebody can come up with one single way that it might not go flawlessly, you don't do it. So in this instance... It's yeah. like, a, it, 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 like you're saying one thing that one person would suggest could completely derail everybody else's ideas. It could stop the conversation. Shut yes, it down. It could stop that specific conversation, but it also becomes this kind of overriding editorial voice 
that if you don't trace where that voice is coming from or why it has that tacit authority, you end up doing way less cool stuff and you end up living completely in the past, in my experience. You know, and I mean, let's give a germane example. <clears throat> and I, I got to run into this all the time, Dan. I do this, I don't talk about it, but I do this teeny, 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 tiny bit of like coaching with people, which in a lot of ways sometimes is just this therapeutic, like we talk to each other about how much work can suck sometimes. Like a, like a life coach? Mm, no, that would be my nemesis, a life coach. Mm. Now, you know what it is? In some ways, it's talking about the stuff we talk about on here and making it specific. Anyway, whatever. The point is, like a friend of mine that was doing that with recently, we were talking about this and like, you know, he would try and recommend the kinds of things we talk about on here that just seems so sensible. Hey, you know, if we're going to have meetings, why don't we have an agenda? And people would, people do the, they would peel with laughter. Like that was the funniest thing they'd ever heard in their life. Or, for example, you say, well, what if, you know, look at any of these kinds of things. Like, what if we all <clears throat> all try to minimize the number of times that we email each other about something that can wait and that we could ask later, right? The, the room just comes shattering down. Like, it's just the funniest thing ever. And why? And Well, first of all, that's because there's a culture of derision about any of these ideas based on the, oh, yeah, that'll work here kind of approach. And then more specifically... Like you certainly, I have to guess, been in meetings inside of less than optimally run organizations where somebody makes a suggestion about something and everybody explodes with all the ways that that kind of went wrong in the past or could go wrong in the future. You know, the joke I always make, like we use that courier service in 1987 and now Janice is mad if you even call them. <laughs> you know, and again, it becomes like furniture. It becomes these cultural mores that are, that we don't even have to really even acknowledge. They're just, they're just there. So you could be in a meeting with somebody <clears throat> And say something like, hey, you know, um, we're, we've got some dough, but we haven't refreshed our product line in a while. 30% uh, of the traffic on my blog is coming from mobile. Like maybe we should start thinking about some new ways, some new revenue models, some new things like that. And somebody will instantly jump in and go, well, we've got an iteration of this product that's doing blah, 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 blah. And everybody go, mm, yeah, that's true, that's true. And remember that one time that we hired that one contractor to work on that app and then, oh, yeah, that's really true. And that's all it takes. It isn't, it isn't a question of saying, like, what has changed in the world that might make this something sensible for us to look at? It's a question of searching your mind for the one thing you can think of that might be the karma suck. And then you just you shut down the conversation. And I'll just say that I think there's a lot of organizations where that is the de facto culture, is that all it really takes is one turn in the punch bowl and the party's over. Have you ever had this? I've seen this time and time again. Tell me. Tell me one. You know, like, well, like what, what kind of, if you could say like, what kind of companies have you seen that like most <clears throat> often in large telecommunications billing software companies? <laughs> just, just in general, <laughs> just as a general. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, don't give me like six examples. <laughs> no, like what, what, give me an example of what they can practice, what that meant. I'm trying to think of something specific. I blocked a lot of this. It's been a long time since I was there. I think we block these things out. I, I, you know, totally I think agree. you do. I think for your own mental mental health. I worked in a company that it was a large uh, telecommunications billing system software development company. They had something like 5,000, I believe, 5,000 people working in, in the technology, building the servers, uh, writing the software. I mean, this was a huge, huge, huge company. And they also had... I think it was something like 40,000 people in their call centers nationally. So this is a fairly big company. Mm -hmm. And what you're describing, it was every single thing. It was every single interaction. Uh, 
you, you had to have five, ten different people in every meeting to represent each one of the different groups. Exhausting. Well, we would, we would like to, uh, we would like to do this. Well, if you're going to do that, that's going to touch Phil's group, uh, because of course he's the one who's responsible for, uh, handling our server. Uh, so he and his, uh, junior develop, you know, junior sysadmin will have to be there as well as a developer, uh, in, in Mark's group. Marianne also joined the team. So we'd like for her to be present too. Uh, and eventually you have you to, for one, for one discussion of like, well, we wanted to, we wanted to do this with one little thing. It, it now involves eight different groups and there's 10 or 15 different people. And now you're trying to schedule that meeting right. with all of these different people who are doing the same thing for 10 other groups, uh, in addition to yours. I mean, I know that's not the specific example, example you were looking for. No, but it's like, it, you're talking about like inertia, yeah. you know, where the more people that get involved, I think you're saying this, that the more people you get involved, I know this is true in academics. I really, I've seen and heard this in academics a lot is, you know, the collegiality, this is true in business too, but I mean, you don't want to step on somebody's toes. If you don't, you know, get them in the loop about right, this, right. You, you run the risk of, you know, incurring their wrath. So like whether or not they need to be involved in this. I mean, and here's the thing. Like if you ask somebody for permission to do something, there's a tacit understanding that you, A, need permission to do that, and that B, uh, it might be a risky idea. And so if somebody That's comes like and that one you, rule where like uh, ask, don't ask for permission, but what is it? For, for, forgi- forgiveness. Uh, ask for forgiveness rather than permission. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. which is, you know... I don't know if that's always such a great idea, but, you know, it's sometimes a great idea. And that's exactly the point. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's it would be probably a little bit facile to say this is not something people run into with small teams, but you can still run into it in small teams because you are so strapped, you know, for, for resources. But, you know, if somebody, if I were to say to you, I'm trying to think of an example, like, um, like hey, Dan, um, is it okay if I email Gene at smile and like the thing is uh, like, is that anything I would ever need to ask you about? No, totally not. Like not in a million years, but no the way. fact that I ask you that, wouldn't that seem kind of weird? It would seem would... weird. Why are you asking Merlin? That's exactly. what I would say. Why are you why, asking? Why, why are you asking? Yeah, exactly. You know, but so <clears throat> I don't know if that example works for everybody, but I don't know. I think I think that's that's kind of what happens. And we mentioned this a long time ago, I think, but I think whenever you're asking permission for something, you're I'm you're tacitly suggesting that there's something about this that that is wrong or could go wrong or 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 what or have you. You, so, fe- you feel wrong or insecure about it somehow. Mm-hmm. Well, you know it's funny. I mean, it's there's so many different ways that you can you can choose to handle that. Um my my preferred way uh, is to, and I hope this doesn't sound like tricky or duplicitous, but like if there's something I think is a great idea and I, I don't think I need to ask permission for it, if it's not even an issue, <clears throat> I, I try to present it as, well, here's this thing I'm going to take care of, right? So uh, if you say, um, if you show up at the office with donuts that you bought with your own money, nobody's going to go, screw you, <laughs> right? If you went to somebody and said, hey, um, can I ask you a question? Is it okay if, uh, and listen, I'll pay for this. I'll pay for this. But is it okay if I get donuts tomorrow? Like there's going to be this part, of course, they're going to probably say, uh, yeah, that's fine. You know what I mean? But if you like call a meeting and bring in all <laughs> department heads to talk right. about 
how we feel vis-a-vis office donuts. I can almost promise you there will be at least one person there who feels like they have to give an opinion and probably feel like there's going to be at least one person who feels like they have to be the karma suck because that's their job. Mm. They're like the Sadducees. They're like obligated to point out why having donuts could be a problem. The the Pharisees and the Sadducees lose a lot of their power if nobody asks what their opinion is. If if nobody goes, you know, Rabbi, is it right to buy a Buick? Like if people don't ask that... (laughs) <laughs> um, so I think that's one part of it. The big, the big company thing, the stepping on toes stuff. I think that's all pretty common. But there's also this other thing. There's this. Um, um, I don't know if I made. I might have made this up, but I've been widely quoted for saying it. Um, something like "Never let the guy with the broom decide how many elephants can be in the parade." <laughs> because obviously, <laughs> anybody who's in a position to even potentially. <laughs> here's the thing, Dan. I never heard you say that. You want to do it again? You ready? Yeah. I should get the official one. Um, Never let the guy with the broom decide how many elephants can be in the parade. Because the guy with the broom, after the parade, his whole idea of what an elephant is is a thing that makes things he has to clean up. So if you ask that guy's advice, if you ask Broom Boy how many elephants there should be, he's going to say, how about none? And you hire more people to clean up all the other stuff. That's the color of his crystal. If you go to the person in accounts payable and ask them if they should hire me, (laughs) right? That person has nothing to gain by saying yes. Nobody who has anything to gain by introducing either more work or risk or uncertainty into what they do is very unlikely to just jump in on something, right? So yes, on the one hand, you've got you know, the, the black and white thinking of an organization with too many people in it, anybody can be the karma suck, you know, but there's that quote, I think it was H.L. Mencken, says, and I'll, we'll get this for the show notes, but something like, um, you know, never count on a man to uh, realize something or to change his mind about something if his job depends on it or something, you know what I mean? It's like, if, if it's your job to be the karma suck, well, you know. <laughs> but you know, Merlin, the- there are a lot of companies that rely on having those kind of people in the room for those meetings. In other words, mm-hmm. they like a lawyer, you, you've got like your guy from, from legal in there. Right. Or just, well, we need to have the surf guy in here. Cause he's, he's smart enough to help. He's so helpful. He's going to point out all the ways we could fail. And right. uh, you know, that that'll help us know if we should even try this project because he'll, he'll help us cause he's done this. So we're going to have it. It's perceived as, I mean, on the one hand, helping you, you could have a totally good heart and the best intentions about that because you 100% feel like you're saying, oh my gosh, yeah, we really want this guy to be included, partly because this he or she is a very important player in the way that we deploy this, but also it's really important that I pay my respects to what this person does and right. never incur their wrath, right? That's the kind of what's behind it. But, you know, it, I think if you've gotten really good at this, that's a great way. If you do that for stuff, like nobody's, maybe nobody's, Nobody who is as equally as useless as you will ever hate you if you do that. But the people who want to produce great stuff are going to think you're kind of a dick because you will always bring in enough people to shield yourself from being responsible for change that might go wrong. And that's, let's be honest, in a lot of companies, that kind of CYA culture is, is what you do. But here's another way to do it. And this goes back again to my old pal, Richard Ramsey, who I feel like I learned so much of this stuff from. If I were going to do that, I would have so much respect for that person that, you know, I could say, hey, listen, you can come to this meeting if you want to. But what I'd rather do is be a little more, what, object-oriented about it and say, like, hey, here's what we would like to do. Can you tell us what our options are for implementing it and what your advice would be? So it's a black box. You say what, it's like, you know, again, it's like one person's the customer and one person's the programmer. Like, you go in 
You know what I'm saying? Like if you if you mix that all up, right? Too instead much, of asking for permission, you're saying, "Help us, help us guide, help guide us as we do this." Am I hearing that right? No, I think I think so. I mean, but if if you go if you go to um, if you go to the supermarket and it's kind of a supermarket that's not doing very well and they've got a lot of ground pork that's going to go bad tomorrow and you ask them like a for wind recipe. Mixing. <laughs> oh man, that's not pork. It's just ground. <laughs> the filthy crying baby store. So many barefoot babies in Winn-Dixie. Oh, it's weird. God, I wish they sold shoes. Um, <laughs> I used to buy my ape. Once I went in there and I got a... Um, Fishing got, lures. Yeah, I got a big... Um, Got a big malt liquor. I got I got a quart of malt liquor, um, and you know an eight ball. And I was checking out, and the lady at the kind of goes, "Ooh, that ball will roll." I said, I "said Thank you. Here's my dollar nineteen, ma'am. Thank you. Yes, the ball will roll. I don't need a receipt. Thank you." Uh, and uh, I'm not saying this is right for everybody, but uh, you know the 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 grocer, you know, he's got his own reasons for suggesting stuff. And I, I, everybody's done this. Like, you're not going to go offer up, hey, why don't we do this really ridiculous, unproven thing that could be really risky and makes lots of work for me? Like, nobody does that, right? And if you're inside the kind of organization that is, you know, held together with this kind of cultural molasses, like, it's going to be totally normal for somebody to sound really sage by being the karma son goes, oh, excuse me, uh, but don't we have the, uh, the big trade show coming in June? Do we really have time to have somebody go off and write us back about this or whatever? There's always going to be a reason not to do stuff. You judge somebody's power anywhere in the world, but especially in an organization, not by what they have the power to say no to, but what they have the power to say yes to. Anybody can say no to something, right? If you go into the bank, you know, and say, uh, can I get this check cashed a day earlier or whatever? Like all they have the power to say is no, right? There's nobody there who's at the level that they can say, oh, well, clearly this person has a high balance and they've never overdrawn or, you know what I'm saying? They don't... They're, having the power to say no is not a kind of power. I can say no to anything. I can say no to stuff I don't even have any, any say in. Somebody, somebody could say, can I go get on that muni bus? And I'll say no. I can say, <laughs> I can say that. Anybody can say no. Right. But, but you know, I, I, I'm reluctant to dive straight into the whole like innovation discussion, but whatever the opposite of innovation is, is, is what you get out of this. Because, and, and again, you know, it's, I, I try to be careful about when we talk about culture, it, it's a little cheesy to say like a company has a culture. Yes, there are certainly some companies where you could say, but you know what? Companies are made out of business units and business units are made out of teams and teams are made out of people. And like each one of those people is different. If you don't take that into account, that's not not really fair and reasonable to take everybody down with that. But again, the culture that's inside of a company, if you've been in a place for five or six months, you know what kinds of things it's acceptable and not acceptable to do. And so I think you really do tend to self-edit. Right. Um, but no, I, I'm totally with you. It's just that, you know, everybody, everybody has their reasons, as we like to say. But also, nobody wants to bring something on themselves that they could be even partly responsible for. You know, what do they say? Like success, success failure's an orphan, and success has a thousand fathers, and failure's an orphan. That's, that's kind of how, God, I'm really full of the Dr. Success Phillip. begets success. That's right. You can't spell success without suck and sex. <laughs> First you have to suck, and then I'm talking like Bill Cosby with <laughs> Angelo Pudding making the face like this. You ever seen him speak? Motivational speaking? What? 
Yeah, he did. Think, the, he actually at John Cleese at the large telecommunication software billing system company <laughs> that I worked for. He actually came to one of their. They had some kind of like a <laughs> seminar or something, and he was there. Really? Yeah, he was like I, the. He is the Merlin man for that industry. I think. Oh man, he's he is the Bill Cosby of Bill Cosby. I love that guy. I've told you this before. Bill Cosby himself. If I if I even see it out of the corner of my eye, like I stop everything and I sit and I watch. No, you gotta stop. Oh my god, that's such a great movie. Um, Funny guy, I love him. Oh man, I grew up listening to his records, and I, I just I just thought he was the best. Um, so Bill Cosby, you know John Cleese. John Cleese does some really good talks. Somebody, there was a. I've had a copy of this one. You mean talk. he talks really good? That's what I think you're trying to say. Well, he started a business. He talks good. Yeah, that's right. He um, he started a business in the late 70s, early 80s, you know, doing like instructional video, motivational stuff, you know, internal education stuff, the kind of stuff I should do if I had half a brain. But he did a talk that I found that fell off the back of a truck a few years ago. The silly walks you, thing? I mean, yeah, I think, no, no, I think you're thinking of the, uh, the very, very silly candidate. <laughs> Ever see that one with the election? Is that the one with the parrot? I love the one with the parrot. I, do you have any idea what you're talking about? Let me find this. The parrot, the, the parrot is dead. Yeah, He's not dead. He's expired. Love. That whole thing. People love it when you read funny things from Monty Python. It's pretty funny. People love that. Like if you read it straight, you just like walk, walk it straight. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's awesome. It's this hilarious election coverage. Starts out with the sensible party versus the silly party. Then they got the sensible party, the silly party, and the slightly silly party. <laughs> the sensible party is James Walker. Silly party is uh, Mr. Elsie's, and the very silly candidate is Malcolm Peter, Brian Telescope, Adrian Umbrella, Stan, Jasper Wednesday, <coughs> Sloat Gobbler, John Raw Vegetable, <coughs> Arthur Norman Michaels, <coughs> Featherstone. It goes on, and this goes on for like, <laughs> and then it ends with <laughs> Tiger George, Pratt Thompson, raindrops keep falling on my head, Darcy Carter. <coughs> Pussycat, don't sleep in the subway. Barton, Mainwaring, whoop, Smith. Monty Python's funny. You're going to cut all that out, right? Mm, yeah, we'll edit all that Parking, out. Patin, Lin, Bin, Wim, Bin, Lim. I told you about the Monty Python jar, right? That's where every time you curse, you put a, a dollar in for the tuition. Close. It's close, except for Monty Python and beer. Can I tell you about something I like? I would love to hear this. <sighs> I'll tell about this thing called... Sorry, Mike. Mike we're keeping you up. Oh, you kidding me? I've got a coffee and a tea and a nice fresh soda stream. If you were serious, you'd put the tea bag right in the hot coffee. Is that, excuse me? <laughs> it's not ah. a euphemism. Not a euphemism. Mm. That's what my mouth sounds like right now. I gotta tell you, <laughs> I wish I knew about sports. I think I'd be a good pitchman. Oh, you would be. You'd be a great, uh, great salesman. You ever have a feeling you want to get rid of Merlin's ongoing. I gotta tell you. Um I like this thing called Squarespace. Have you ever heard of these uh this Squarespace? You know anything about this? Uh this is a uh, an eight dollar thing. <laughs> an eight dollar thing. I think you're thinking of New Orleans. Oh. Uh so we'll make this a quickie today, because this is this is really one thing you really need to know about this, which we uh touched on a little bit last week when we weren't talking about them. But they have uh wonderfully simplified their uh, pricing and, uh, and made it a lot cheaper. They've got basically two levels of service now. We've talked about Squarespace a lot. You guys know these features. We'll come back to talking about all the, the F's and B's, as I call it. The features and benefits, I call it, in the MLM. Um, <laughs> it's not an MLM, okay? It's network marketing. 
Uh, this is a great this is a great service that I use the heck out of. A lot of you, I'm learning. A lot of my friends more and more are using Squarespace. Um, you should be using it because it's a great easy way to have a site, a portfolio, a blog, a, a, you name it. It's got it all. We, you've heard all that before, but what I want you to know today, if you've been hesitating to sign up, uh, this is a, a really particularly uh, good time for you to sign up. Because first of all, it's it's uh, it's less expensive than ever. Uh, I'm reading from a page here, but uh, they got their standard plan, which is eight dollars a month. Oh, that's what it costs if you do an annual buy. It's eight dollars a month, and then they got another plan with a sixteen dollars a month. You get tons more stuff. The reason I'm telling you about this today, we'll put this in show notes. You can go read more about this. But all you need to know is if you're one of those people who hasn't yet signed up for Squarespace, and shame on you, now is the time to do it. Because I'm going to try and do this, Dan. As you know, I had geometry when I was a senior. So you have to say numbers really slowly around me. Here's the deal. Right now, uh, whatever you go and buy on Squarespace, you get 10% off. So if you buy like by the month-to-month service, you're going to get 10% off of that. That's a good deal. That's a good deal. But if you go in and you do sign up for a whole year of the service, you're going to get 30% off because you get 20% off for signing up for a year plus you get 10% off because you are a beloved back to work. I, I personally checked this with Lil Ryan today. You know, he's colicky, so he was, he was crying a lot. Did, uh, yeah, because uh, this is complicated math for a child. Well, you know, he's very gifted. He's been doing the Suzuki method. That's where you learn to play the violin by counting on your fingers. I now, do you know about the Waldorf? You know about Waldorf? I know about, about Waldorf, Waldorf, and I know about Montessori. Can you do me a favor and literally write down, you know what? I want to come back to Waldorf. I got a lot to say about Waldorf. But hey, I got to tell you, here's the thing with Squarespace. Go and sign up. You go to squarespace.com slash back to work. And I, I really want you to do this um, because this is a very good thing. 30% off. Am I making it clear how that works? If you sign up for a year, you get 20% off and you get 10%. 30% is a lot of percent off. It's what they call compound interest. Comp- as you say, compound. Uh, and so I uh, go to squarespace.com slash back to work. Dan, Dan, it's the month of four. Oh, it is. We get a new, um, <laughs> new thing. Uh, Promo we've code. Had, we've had some good ones. Called an offer code. Look it up. We've had some previous ones that I liked a lot. I believe we had at one point we had bulk bag. Mm-hmm. Did you do it once? Bulk bag. <laughs> and uh, we've had a bunch of good ones. Are you ready? Can, can, do you mind if I do this month? No, please. Squarespace.com slash back to work. Use the offer code. Turns out. Turns out. Turns out. One word, no spaces. Turns out there's no spaces. <laughs> over over forty percent <laughs> of the population of Canada will die at some point in their life. <laughs> That's... It could be it could be much higher. Hi, I'm Jonah Lehrer. I'm not a neuroscientist. Turns out. Hey, no disrespect. No disrespect. <sighs> Priest. Uh, so uh, this, is, this is a great time to do this, if you've been holding off. I know some of you have. I, you know, I got to tell you. I got to tell you. I was telling little Ryan today, I think it's really overwhelming sometimes when you go to the sites and they have the giant grid of options. Yeah. I think it's so cool you go in and you're basically going to have these two options. You have these two options for like which level of service you want, and then you're going to sign up in the short or the long. I think that's right. Um, but anyway, you should go there because it's great. We'll talk more about the features, the F's and B's. Can we talk about F and B's next week? Yeah. You're still doing the show next week, right? Us? Your name is Dan? Yeah, we can still do this. Go to squarespace.com slash back to work. Use the offer code. Turns out. Turns out. You're, you're going to get, it says here, wait, hang on. You can say up to 30% off. Give me a second. Oh, okay. <clears throat> and if you sign up, you will get a <laughs> metric buttload of percent off. Hold for laugh. Okay. I like that. So, uh, squarespace.com slash back to work. We would like to thank squarespace.com <laughs> and Lil Ryan. We hope he feels better soon uh, for supporting 5 by 5 and back to work. Turns out. So speaking, you know, of, speaking of bulk yeah. bag, Merlin, the, yes. um, Amy's, oh, Amy's, Amy's ice, ice cream? cream, 
this month is premiering. I when they had told me this month, to me that meant the first. Oh, it's like the app, but they're on Apple time. But they're on Apple time, which means sometime before the end of the month, they are going to be coming out with bulk bag. John Syracuse is going to have to change his review probably. And it's bulk, bulk bag is the flavor of ice cream that Amy's ice cream of Austin is putting out in commemoration of five by five. Well, of, of back to work specifically. That's humbling. And it, uh, I don't, it, it's some kind of flavor combo. So that means mm-hmm. I guess two or more things mixing together we got mixins though it'll be elk and talking too much Mm -hmm. Hmm? so anyway whenever that is uh, i don't know what's the what's the uh the uri for that amy's uh ice cream you say uri or url now uti is when you got a uh you got an infection in your woo-woo right is that racist amy's ice creams oh i love that plural.com i believe classy that's like when you're old-fashioned Oh, look at that site. Okay, I'll do the click. Amy, Amy, let me help you with this. That's all flash. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why it's all flash. Whoa, look at that. Boy, that's a big a little cow. Is there any latest scoop? Oh, man. There's oh, a lot me, going on in this Amy, site. I want to help. Let me help. Local Austin paper bag. Up a, oh, man, I'm so confused. Oh, this is pretty, though. This is pretty. Oh, so, I do you like the little dance, the little pink dancers. Do you, have an, do you have an in with them, Dan? Can you find out what the flavor is going to be so we can share it with our listeners? <clears throat> Ye, I will ask during the show right now on, on Twitter. I'll ask them. Okay. And I'll see if they, because they're on Twitter. Well, I, for one, would like to say thank you very much to uh, Amy's Ice Creams for, for doing that. That's super cool. Oh, Microsoft Spaces, really? Oh, man. <laughs> what are you feeling, Soros? Is it, is it posturous? Oh, they're on posturous. Oh, my God. They, they've got like eight weeks of work in front of them. Oh my God. Okay. Amy's. Amy, I'll tell you what, I don't do the business anymore, but uh, I can set you up with a site. <laughs> I got a place. Eight bucks a month. Uh, did I tell you about my WordPress thing I had to do? No. Oh my God. IIS. I had to, I had to uh, migrate a WordPress site to an IIS thing. I begged. I begged. Dan, I literally begged. I said, please invite me to earlier meetings. Please. And so I'm sitting there, I'm, I'm updating plugins. Oh, one week old, I'm sorry, this is, this is not fun. One week old install, and it needed plugin updates. Moving on. So, karma sucks. Elephants. Parades. Black and white thinking. Very silly candidates. Your thoughts? I'll go with candidates. Okay. That's number one. You know, in Waldorf, you get no, no screens at all. No screens. Punto. Full stop. <laughs> Do you know that? What does that mean, no screens? I, if I understand correctly, I need to look this up. But I believe it's not only no TV. I believe it is also no no uh, computer. You mean while you're in the building? Not like at home. Mm-mm. Why? I'm, you know what? I'm not going to say anything. I don't, wanna, I, don't wanna, I, want you, I don't want you to have to get mail about this that only you'll read. I will find out. <sighs> We're still, can we talk about literacy sometime? I want to talk about literacy. Because I have had to vastly rethink my whole idea of literacy. It makes me angry, but I have a very different idea of literacy. Hmm. It's changed. It's changed. It's changed. It involves Python now. It means you can read. Yeah. How did this start? We started with, um, before the money Python, we started with, the, we, almost, we almost had a good one there for a while. Let's go back. Back in the stack. What does Syracuse use a phrase? We got pop in the stack, stack poppers? What do you call it? Is that the is that the one with jalapenos? 
Pop pop the stack, I think. Is, pop the stack. Is that a breakdancing move? It's a programming thing. I just like to say I would do a Kickstarter, whatever that is, just to get John Syracuse to, to breakdance. I'd love to see that. I'd kickstart that. He'll be at WWDC. What? Yeah, he's Is he borrowing his there. wife's iPad again? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, feature phone. Everybody on The Killing has a feature phone. Do you, do you watch The Killing? I think you're thinking of The Killing Fields. Oh, I'm sorry. That's the one, uh, that's the one with the guy from um, uh, Work W. Wicket. Or am I thinking of Linda Hunt? No, a guy from Law & Order. That's right. James Cameron. Um, so, so what was the good part about that? We were talking about... Um, Oh, yeah. So, um, asking permission, popping the stack. What was the good part of that, Dan? Remind me. I don't think there was one. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, everybody's, everybody's got a reason uh, to get behind stuff. I think the bigger an organization gets, the more likely... This is, this is broad. But I think that the bigger your organization gets, the more likely people are to... What's a nicer word than hide? hide uh, behind some kind of a conservative stance on something. There's very, little, there's very little to be gained in a lot of organizations by sticking your head up, sticking your neck out, if you like, right? Um, because if, if everybody else in the organization is adopting this attitude that everything's mostly okay and we just want the trains to run on time, then you're going you're gonna to get this kind of silent resistance, right? If you don't always invite people to every meeting, like how do you ever go wrong by inviting everybody to a meeting? The thing is, if everybody's always inviting everybody to every meeting, and if everybody's, and, you know, I know this, this sounds extreme, but this happens. Oh, we better rope them in. Like you were saying, like, yeah, we better have Janice come in. Right. Everybody's got to come in. And then you email everybody to tacitly ask it if it's okay. And, you know, on a tactical, like logistical level, now you're also back to the problem that Telephone Thursdays means to address. Because now every person that you add to that discussion, whether they need to really be there or not, is going to have to be in on the scheduling of stuff. They're going to have to be in on, you know, it only takes one person to not respond to a big email to start slowing things down, mm. right? And so, like, the approach I was saying, like, I don't know if Richard would agree with this. We should, we, should, we should start having guests of all the people I'm constantly citing. But, you know, I've said this before, but I really think one way to have more success, a pretty quick win for getting more success with stuff you do is trying to turn more stuff into maybe one way to think about it is turn it into a yes or no question. That's one way to do it. So, you know, like I say, when I was a project manager, I would say, uh, it looks like everybody's available to meet um, on Thursday, you know, in the, uh, in the Contiki room at, <laughs> at, uh, at 8 a.m. That always gets me. Do you want me, I can take care of emailing all those people and make sure everybody's on board and I'll, I'll send everybody, you know, the, the stuff to prep for that. Is that okay? It's so easy to answer that, to just say yes. There's, what's the decision? The decision is a yes or a no. Busy people like making decisions. Busy people don't like having to ask you for more information. They, like, they hired you because you're competent. In an ideal world, they hired you because you're smart, you're smart and you know how to do stuff. And you know how to make decisions at the right level that you can kind of, I don't want to say preach you, <laughs> but you can package or productize information in a way that makes it easy for somebody to make a decision. And you know what? If it needs to be, you know, if you need to choose between other options, but the extent to which you can frame stuff as an answerable question uh, can really make it easier. On the other hand, sometimes it does really help to go to somebody and ask a question or ask advice. But, you know, think about all those stories about Steve Jobs. 
Right, I've talked before, a long time ago, I talked about somebody inside of a company I work with where his door was closed all morning and open all afternoon. If you go into a room with Steve Jobs, you would want to have your stuff really ready because he has a pretty strong record for slapping people down if they don't have their act together. Right. With, with the person who has the credibility to keep their office door closed and not be bothered all morning, you're going to think super hard before you go in there in the afternoon. Well, what would it take to get to that point with people? Like, if you're still up in the blue sky stage of a, of, a, of, a, uh, of a project, you know, do you really need to bring that many people in with something like, what do you think? Well, if you ever want serious criticism or a serious opinion of somebody, you have to ask something much better and much more specific than what do you think. Um, you discover this in things like when you do test audiences for movies. I've had some friends talk about how ridiculous. I had a friend of mine who's a filmmaker talking about like the asinine stuff that you get from people by just saying, what do you think of the movie? Because everybody's got to come up with some kind of an opinion, you know? And in this case, like what if you tried to form these things? Like, like let's say you've written something and you want somebody's honest opinion of it. Saying, what did you think of this? Be honest. It's really a hard question to answer. And they're probably not really going to tell you what they think of that and they're almost definitely not going to be honest, right? In my case, I might, I might frame that as something like, uh, here's something I wrote that's pretty good. I think it's a little long and kind of mawkish. What do you think? Or I might say something like, um, it, you know, is the, is the tone of this in keeping with the message of Fubar Bat, the point that I'd like to make? There's probably better examples than this. But yeah, ask a yes or no question. If you can't ask, you no, ask a yes or no question, go to people with a specific problem that can be solved, right? So again, you don't want to be the cut my steak for me guy where you just wander into somebody busy's office and go, well, <sighs> things are kind of non-optimal with the flirty de burp, burp, burp. You know, you want to <laughs> ask them. You go in, you say, you know, hey, uh, Jim Jack seems like he's high at his desk a lot. I have concerns about his ability to be part of the team. <laughs> you know, you've got to go in and say something. But can I add... One more thing yes. here. You could probably wrap it up. Yeah, Let me I'll add one it. more thing here. This is, and I'm, I'm uh, cribbing this directly from somebody, but it's, it's something that's, that's, it's an idea that's meant a lot to me uh, since college, I think, when I read this guy's book. There's a guy, I think he's down in Menlo Park, named uh, Roger Van Eck. And he wrote uh, a few books that are hmm, kind of management, not pop management books, you might call them. He wrote uh, Whack on the Side of the Head and A Kick in the Seat of the Pants, which are, I think, pretty... They're very grokkable, easy to read, full of fun pictures, ideas about how to be more creative in a work context. And I, I've always loved these books. They're a little silly, but the ideas in them are fantastic. He's great. He's kind of like a, almost like Seth Godin. He's really good at assimilating other people's ideas. No offense, but like, and repackaging them, repackaging them in a way that makes so much more sense than they originally did and putting them in context with other ideas. So I'm cribbing this from him. This is actually a very, very old idea, but I think the way that he puts it is really smart. I've mentioned this before, but I'm going to go with it. If you think about the development of any creative idea in this, in one model, you could think of it in terms of four different personalities. You've got an explorer, an artist, a judge, and a warrior. And just go with me on this. Okay. If you're not going with, with me on this, it's because your judge has already gone in front of your explorer. And I'll tell you why. Every project, all the stuff you do, there has to be an exploratory stage. We've talked about Twilight Tharp. We've talked about free riding. We've talked about all these things. There has to be a collection stage where you're not judging anything. You're not criticizing anything. You're just collecting information. 
at a certain point, and again, there's iterations inside of this. Once you get good at this, you can throw away the model. But for the sake of argument, once you've got a whole bunch of stuff, your first round of collecting stuff, let the artist have a crack at it. Spill all that stuff onto the table and see what you can make out of it, whatever it is. You know, whether that's your Q4 report or, or an idea for a new symphony or, you know, Twilight Tharp's dance thing about Billy Joel or whatever, dump all that stuff out and see what you can make out of it. Get all what, uh, Apollo 13? What is it? What was the one where they had to make the stuff out of the box? I that can't. one. Ron Howard one with his brother. Hmm. Are you talking about um, Clint? Yeah, the one where I, they they Clint, they Clint better hope Ron you know Ron's went back in, in, in time and put one box inside the other box and went twice as fast. Huh. And went and bought stocks or something like that. Oh, not, you're talking about that that that, that uh, not that Memento, movie, the, but the sil- no the Silicon Valley movie. Yeah, yeah. The, <gasps> I thought that was such a good movie. What was it's the name sleeper. of that? It's killing it's me. Called, That's not oh, what you're talking that, about. Boxes. One word. So, so you've got the explorer who goes out and finds stuff re- without regard, right? So you're Indiana Jones and you're just putting stuff in a box. Yeah. You're not wondering yet whether, whether or how it's super valuable. Your instinct will tell you when you've got enough stuff to move to the next stage, which is, which is the artist. This is very reductive, but go with me. Okay. The artist decides what can be made out of it and may, might come up with kind of a prototype. And then the judge says, yeah, let's keep going with that or no, let's go back. And uh, the warrior implements it. That's the person who makes it. Now, in my own model of this, I tend to think that this can actually be sort of two poles that I would call the time and attention poles. Um, I actually have a whole kind of big theory about this I've never publicly laid out. But, but I think that model, reductive as it can be, can be really helpful. And now why did I say that about you put your judge in front of your explorer? Well, again, this is all credit to Roger Van Eck. Um, and we'll link to his, his site. I think he's got a blog and a Twitter and stuff. Um, but think about this. You got the explorer collecting, the artist making, the judge deciding, and the warrior doing. Well, if you put the judge in front of the explorer, what's going to happen? You're going to say no to a lot of stuff before you've even collected it. If you put the artist in front of the explorer, you might be trying to write a John Syracuse-style 17,000-word thing without having the slightest idea what it is that you want to say. If you put the warrior in front of the artist, you might be implementing a really, really crappy idea. But just for the sake of argument, what if you let the explorer do his or her thing and then the artist and then the judge? And you can iterate this however you want. But at, at every point, and I don't know if he says this or if this is just my idea, but I always feel like at any point in that flow, you could always tap, take one or more steps back, right? So you're the, in the explorer stage. You're just gathering information. You go to the artist stage. And the, I think there's an element of the judge in all of these because then the artist can go, hmm, let's go collect some more and go back. And maybe we'll collect some more. And then the artist goes, okay, I can make something out of this. And then you move on. The judge gives a yay or nay or says, you know what? Go back to the, ju- go back to the art and so on and so on. I don't know if that's a perfect model, but I do know that putting the judge first sucks and it will screw you up. And most people think it's the safest thing in the world to do. For damn sure, most companies think we can never go wrong by putting the judge first. And it's really, really stupid and really caustic. And it gets in the way of doing anything cool. If you don't even let people walk up to the whiteboard with an erasable marker and tell you what they think without having to like reframe it in your way, you're squandering a lot of the talent inside of your group. Do you have to give people permission to explore? You have to give the right people, right? You don't want, again, you don't want accounts payable coming up with an innovative new way to write checks. Because that might not work out. Uh, different conversation. But, but in this case, if, if, you don't perm- if you don't make it okay to do all of that stuff, uh, like what's going to go great? Well, here's what's going to happen. All you're going to have is judges and warriors. 
and they're probably never talking to each other. You're going to have the judges sitting around going, you know, rhubarb, rhubarb, and the warriors running around doing business development for no purpose at all. And there's not, you're not going to, like Syracuse has said, not to beat up on Microsoft, but they had a pretty big lead and a lot of dough. And you're like, what did you guys do for 10 years? <laughs> what did you, like, you know, why, why, why didn't you have an equivalent of like Google Labs? You know, I'm not qualified to answer that. But when you're thinking about inside of your organization or inside of your team, you know, is it really, is it okay for one person to be the karma suck that brings the entire, not just the idea down, right? If it's a really genuinely stupid idea, then everybody can go, okay, you know, that's not the best idea. But like, are you shooting down all of the new ideas? Are you shooting down all of the ways that things could be improved? Suggestions, little minor ways of improving things like productivity and communications? Because like, we've always done it this way, sinks a lot of companies. You know, again, you could be the very last salesman of the month at the buggy whip store and that'll make you super happy but it may be too late to realize that nobody's buying buggy whips anymore and you can't really blame the people if you kept judging that horses will always be in fashion and you kept executing on a plan that involved that then you weren't looking around enough you weren't going back and taking the risk of doing something even thinking something that was not part of the canon inside your company and that's what sinks you hmm. and that's why you should you know not listen to karma sucks all the time you're gonna be all right i might need to lay down you, lay down. you want to button this up sure i love you love you too so much merlin man oh god <laughs>